You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Hey, West Side Church, welcome this morning. We're continuing our higher series, our lesson from Isaiah chapter 55 about how God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts than our thoughts. And today, of course, is Valentine's Day. And the history and origin of Valentine's Day is very, very interesting. Uh, the historical record is very limited, but we do know that there were three Valentines, St. Valentines, who died in the third century, and they were servants of the church. The first and most prevalent one was a priest and a physician uh, in Rome. He, along with St. Marius and his family, comforted the martyrs, during the persecution of Emperor Claudius. And eventually, St. Valentine was also arrested, uh, condemned to death for his faith. Uh, He was beaten with clubs and finally beheaded on February 14th, 270 AD. The popular custom of Valentine's Day really becoming a time of romance and caring about another person, your romantic interest, really arose in medieval ages as a common belief at that time in England and France was that birds began to pair and and uh, pair up on February 14th. And even Chaucer, the great poet, wrote in a classic poem, The Parliament of Fowls, that on St. Valentine's Day, the middle of February, each would find its mate. And so the really cultural norm of Valentine's Day being a time when those focus on love and uh, encouraging their friends or their partners in life um, really arose during that time and was connected to a martyr. Interestingly, of course, martyrdom and love both call us higher. And that leads us into the title of today's lesson, which is Higher Purpose. And we're going to launch from Isaiah chapter 55. Uh, we read verse 10, but we're going to start in verse 10. Last week we read that. And we're going to go into verse 11 to get our theme for today. So let's read together Isaiah 55 verse 10. It says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. And on to verse 11. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Isaiah writes that as water comes down on the land and creates a foliage and yields great vegetation, so the word will go out. And it says that God has a purpose for his word. It will accomplish what he desires, and it will be a higher purpose than mankind's purpose. Unfortunately, mankind is focused on the wrong things all too often. Our purpose can simply be self-indulgence. Uh, our purpose can be self-promotion. Uh, our purpose is oftentimes really simply to uh, gain riches and wealth and power. Um, the philosopher Nietzsche said, man has a will for power. And we find that all too often in our society today. And yet God's purposes are much different than that. They're much higher than that. And today we really want to talk about God's purpose. A verse has been in my mind lately 
has been the one from Matthew where Jesus says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, a higher purpose where moth and rust do not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. We have to be aiming for something higher, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So today I want us to talk about God's word that goes out, how it has a purpose to achieve and accomplish. And it's like rain uh, and, and the water that comes down from the sky. If it lands on dry land, you begin to see an effect. It accomplishes its goal. It creates a green and lush land. In the same way, the word is designed to produce spiritual growth. And I know for me, that absolutely applies. I remember uh, when I was asked to begin studying the Bible as a, in my young 20s. And I remember sitting down with some guys to study the Bible. And they taught me about being a disciple and, and how the word was real and how Jesus was real. And I agreed with them. But I didn't take the time in the beginning to read on my own and to really study. And I remember after I got back with them a few times, they were like, Okay, what did you learn? And I really, nothing sunk in because I hadn't taken the time to read the word on my own and let it sink in. And when I finally made the decision to delve into the Gospels and to read the book of John, my spiritual life began to grow. And that's God's plan. You see, God's word has a power. Uh, the Greek word is dynamis or the root dunamis. And it means to have inherent power. Power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature. See, the word of God is a power inherent of itself. And as a consequence, when the word of God gets read, when it gets heard by people, it has an impact. And I think about the importance of the word. Uh, God understood this. And we read in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, uh, Apostle Paul writing, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Right, The word, the message of the cross, the message of the resurrection, the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Also, he writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of of God. You see, God's word has within it an inherent power to change things and to produce spiritual fruit. It happened in my life and it will happen in your life when you let it in. And I have an example that really uh, speaks to my heart. Back in 2019, in the summer, June of 2019, it was one of the darkest times in my personal life. Um, I have shared this in the past, how I had this accident where my back went out severely. I thought that I was going to have to have surgery. I ended up in the hospital for a week, and I was filled with narcotics. I could barely move. I was told I'm going to need to have six screws uh, implanted into my vertebrae to fix the, the pain that I was going through. I wasn't sure if I'd be able to walk the same way. I wasn't sure what my future would hold. Uh, it was a tough time. This is really just a year and a half ago. And I remember during that time when I was extremely discouraged, my daughter, Caitlin, came in and she and her cousin, my niece, Lauren, had made this poster for me. You can see it up on the screen. 
And it says right in the middle, you can do this. And then we see the, the verses. They, they picked verses from the scriptures that encouraged my soul. Verses that say, God is with you. When the waters come over you, you will not drown. God is with me. And you know, it lifted my spirit so incredibly. I know in the days following that, just having the right attitude, holding on to these verses, uh, made me believe. And of course, the story, I've told it many times, I didn't need surgery at all. I walked out of the hospital really two and a half days later. It's a year and a half. I don't have any back pain. Uh, I'm totally healthy. God healed me. He saved me. But it was the word of encouragement brought to me that made such a difference. And, you know, recently so many of our friends and uh, relatives and members of the church have uh, contracted the COVID virus. And it's very, very painful. Uh, our dear sister, Asia, uh, she sent me a text. She was going through the worst pain she'd ever experienced. And so I sent this poster board to her. I, I sent it as a message, uh, texted it to her, and her response was so uplifting. She said, I'm going to fight. Yes, I'm not giving it. I'm going to overcome. Uh, Sergio Arguey, our dear brother who helps uh, oversee our Riverside uh, ministry, part of the L.A. church, he as well had contracted COVID and, and was really hurting, was in the hospital for multiple days. It's, uh, it was very, very painful. We weren't sure the prognosis. And I sent him the exact same poster. And, you know, within 10 minutes, he sends me back. Thank you so much. God is working. I am feeling better. Here's my latest prognosis. And his spirits had lifted. And I believe that the word of God and words of encouragement can change lives. Don't underestimate it. The word of God is very powerful. And it has a purpose that God intends for us to give out to other people. Ultimately, for us to figure out, well, what are these purposes that the word is supposed to accomplish? Well, we look in John chapter 1, verse 14, to deeply understand the power of the word and what its purpose is. And there we read, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Jesus, he came from heaven to reveal and glorify and save the human race. So what is the purpose of the word? What is our purpose if we're going to live a life and a calling that comes from God? The way to figure it out is you got to look at the life of Jesus. Why was he here? He was the living embodiment of the word. Of course, every word he spoke is scripture itself. So what were his purposes while he was on earth? And as I researched this, I came up with eight main things he came to do. Now, there may be more. But these eight encapsulate uh, Jesus' mission and purpose. And so these are the purpose of the Word of God. Of course, I'm going to distill them down here at the end, but let's look at them. Number one, to make God known. John 1, uh, John 17, it clearly says that Jesus has made God the Father known. Number two, to glorify God. Jesus said in John 17, I have brought you glory through my life, through his word, and ultimately, he'll bring glory to God through his death and resurrection. Number three, to give life to the full. We read in John 10, verse 10, he says, I have come to give life, life to the full. God's going to save us in every way a person can be saved. That's his intention, and that's what the word can do. Part of that is eternal life, number four, right? John 17, verse two, he says, I have been chosen to give eternal life. You gave me the power, and I give it to anyone I choose. And those who believe in Jesus will receive this. 
Number five, to make atonement. We know that uh, multiple times Jesus pays for the sins of mankind. He substitutes. He gives us a second chance. Jesus came to say, whatever and whoever you have been, you can change. You can be new. You can have a fresh start. Number six, to bring people out of darkness. And that's what happened to me. And that's what happens when the word of God is read. It opens your mind. It's a light for your path, right? The Old Testament teaches that. Psalms teaches that the word is a light and it changes us. You know, number seven, he said in Luke 19, verse 10, uh, as he's talking to Zacchaeus, he says, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus intends to help people to save mankind. He wants us to save mankind. And his word is designed to save us, like I said, in every way a person can be saved. And then, interestingly, you find Jesus saying also that he came to bring truth. But that truth will result in division and conflict and some difficulty. Because we don't live in a godly world. So when the truth is laid out, there's going to be some conflict. And Jesus was okay with that. We need to be okay with that and understand the word will begin to change things, and change is often painful. So if you distill down these purposes into, I kind of categorize them into three main concepts. What did Jesus come to do? What will the word do when it is sent out from people and from God? It will reveal God to a lost world. It will reveal his nature, his sovereignty, his unconditional love. Number two, it will glorify God, right? The word will glorify God. And as we speak and live in a way that honors God, we will bring glory to God, which is what Jesus did with his life. We were made for God's glory. And that doesn't only mean that we preach and teach. Whatever you do in word and deed, in art form, in sports, in whatever it is you put your hand to, you should make it your ambition to glorify God. And the last thing, simply put, yes, Jesus came to save mankind. We have a mission and this world needs us. And his word is the inherent power that if it's entered into the heart of a man or a woman, it can begin that spiritual transformation. You know, to talk about how this power plays its, uh, plays out and how the purpose of the word is lived out I want to bring in two really incredible young leaders in our ministry. Uh, we're going to get to hear from uh, Chuka and from Ron. Chuka Okoku and Ron Harris, they are small group leaders in our singles ministry. And they're going to share right now really how they have made God's purposes their purposes and how they hold out the word to fulfill the purpose from, for which it has been sent. So let's welcome them at this time. Chuka, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, very inspired to be partnering with you, serving uh, the Westside Church. Thank you so much for being the, the point leader for the Westside Singles right now. And it was really inspiring to join you and Ron studying the Bible uh, with Matt. Um, I know that you currently are the CEO for two startup companies, as well as doing consulting for a gaming company. And yet you make so much time available to study the Bible with uh, other men and to help them know God. What is your higher purpose and why does it motivate you so much? Maybe you could talk a little bit about the time with Matt and then springboard into really how that plays into your purpose in life. Uh, sure. Thank you so much for having me uh, to share this moment. 
you know, with Matt White, uh, Matthew White is a great brother. Uh, he got baptized a few weeks ago. And uh, I was really inspired by Ron Harris, who's also a, a, a relatively new disciple. Uh, he met Matt in acting class and uh, invited him out. And then Matt consistently came out to our small group meeting. Uh, and then at some point, uh, probably later than it should have been, I asked him if he wanted to study the Bible, uh, you know, to learn more about the scriptures. And then that ultimately led to his becoming uh, a baptized disciple. And I think for me, it's a it's a no brainer. Because if you look at the kind of life Jesus lived, it was all about ministry and evangelism. And I, I want to read the scripture that you write, you know, I believe was referenced earlier in uh, Luke 19, verse 9. Uh, it says, Jesus said to him, salvation has come to this house today because this man also belongs to the family of Abraham. The son of man came to find lost people and save them. So it was clear that this was a, a very important thing for Jesus. That was Jesus's mission. And uh, before he, he, he ascended, he gave the Great Commission for us to go and make disciples, baptize them and teach them. So it's, it's very clear that, that this is probably a basic expectation of disciples. And um, I, I, I wish I did more of it. I certainly don't do it enough. And why are you so motivated to do it? Great question. Well, I think that if you, if you consider what we have as, as disciples in the kingdom, it, 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 it it, it, it seems very reasonable to want to share that with other people. Never mind the fact that we're commanded scripturally to do that. And I, I know for myself, uh, I was reached out to. I was actually in the library in Columbus, Ohio, doing my homework. And two sisters came and invited me out to the Campus Devo. And then from there, I began to study the Bible. And I wasn't going out of my way saying, hey, someone, please come help me. I'm lost. I was lost, but I was sought after. And I think that's just because of human nature. You know, we get so busy with work, with school, with relationships that we, we, it's easy to miss God's calling. And therefore we need disciples to reach out to us and go after us. So I think when I look at my life's example, especially as an extrovert, I was reached out to, um, even though I was lost and probably seeking, but didn't even really know it. So I think in, in that, in that state, you know, it's, it's clear that, uh, people need help and God put us in people's lives. He put us around to find, to seek and save the lost, just like he did. He said, I came so I could seek and save the lost. And if our goal is to be like Jesus, then we want to also have that mindset and that lifestyle as well. It's great. When you, uh, your coworkers, they see how much time you put helping run the companies, but also how much time you put uh, into your faith. Uh, what do you tell them when they say, Chuka, why do you do this? Or what is your purpose? Well, um, I think that this idea of uh, a purpose, it's a very big thing because uh, the, the average person in the world, you know, purpose, come here, get a good job, you know, make money, build a family. But for, for a Christian, it's a, it's a higher purpose. And it's a higher purpose because we know that there's more after this life. And Jesus said that he came so that we may have more in this life and the life to come. So uh, I think for me, uh, just as an achiever, I believe I'm an achiever on the Enneagram skill, just like you, Steve. Yeah. So, so uh, as someone who is, is very driven and motivated, um, it's actually abnormal to, to relegate that to a walk with God. But that's really what the, the Holy Spirit has, has helped me understand. Um, the Holy Spirit has helped me know when to put a meeting aside for a Bible study, a work meeting aside for a Bible study, because... Um, no matter how busy I am, no matter how many jobs I have, no matter how much money I have, uh, all those things will always be secondary to the greater purpose because those things are temporary. They're fleeting. They're, they're tempting and they're, they, they can be commanding. But I know ultimately, you know, when we look at what the Bible says, 
those things pale in comparison to uh, eternal life and also the peace that comes with being a disciple. You know, the peace that comes that uh, with having the Holy Spirit that prompts you to love and forgive and not beef all the time and reconcile. Um, I know from my, from my a character like mine, uh, without the Holy Spirit, it would, you know, no, no amount of success will give me the kind of peace that uh, has come with being a Christian. Wow. Thank you so much. Um, anything you want to say or share with the rest of the church or the singles ministry about your higher purpose? Yeah, I think, you know, it's uh, it's not my higher purpose. It is our higher purpose. And uh, I think we can call each other higher uh, for the sake of this purpose. Um, you know, it's, it's a team effort, right? Ron invited Matt out. I asked him to study the Bible. I could have invited someone and then someone else could have asked him to study the Bible. Sometimes multiple people uh, have to invite the same person out before that person comes out. So uh, it's a team effort. I definitely want to encourage us to uh, hold each other accountable to remember that this was what Jesus wanted us to do. Um, among other things, he, 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 he pedestaled this one. So, uh, I, I believe that we could have higher convictions as a ministry and, uh, we could certainly help each other to, uh, make Jesus proud when it comes to seeking and saving the lost. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chuka. You're very inspiring. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Ron, thanks for coming today. Also super grateful for your partnership in the work in the ministry and, taking on the leadership of one of our small groups in the singles ministry. It was really inspiring to uh, hear and partner with you guys in studying the Bible with Matthew and seeing him baptized. I also know that you currently work for Breadhead, a nonprofit that's uh, helping solve the food insecurity issues here on the West Side. So as you think about your life and your faith, what is your higher purpose and how do you strive to fulfill that purpose? Mm. Um, my higher purpose is very simple. It's to love God and love people. So how does that look in my life? I think about my immediate context. Being in L.A., um, what are the responsibilities given to me? One, work. Um, I chose to work at Breadhead, this nonprofit, in part because of the mission of Jesus. When we look at Jesus' life in the scriptures, he lived a life of service. And it was a very particular service. It wasn't due to comfort, but it was really to those who want to outcast people that, that really neglected, whether it be the lepers, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, um, just people who weren't popular and sought after in those times. So me being inspired by God in the flesh, how can I imitate his character? How can I be like Christ? If I say I'm a disciple, if I believe in God, how can I follow him? Let me serve any way, any way, any shape or form. So with my work, that's one way in which I serve. And then um, Bible talk, you know, it's, I feel like sharing the scriptures with anyone is the is the only thing that I truly can give on this earth that will last. Right. Um, you know, growing up in, in the South, playing football, having aspirations to play professionally, having some film aspirations, you know, like Chuka said, I met Matt at acting class, um, just really self-seeking goals to to get as much wealth, influence and power that I can can have. And I read the scripture that you mentioned in Matthew 6, 19 through 24, and it convicted me. It says, don't collect for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and, and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But collect for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For your treasure is there your heart will also. So when I look at that scripture, I'm like. What do I value? What is my treasure? Do I put my energy in collecting things or is it in people? Um, 
So in my life, I do my best to love the people around me. You know, my family have three sisters. Um, I love them all. Hey, happy, happy Valentine's Day to my sisters. My Bible talk and my girlfriend. Happy Valentine's Day, Elizabeth. And, you know, I, I do my best to listen, to support them, you know, emotionally, whether it be financially. Um, and just be a, a brother, a boyfriend, a friend to those around me. Um, yeah, that's that's my higher purpose. And how do you glorify God in the way you conduct yourself in your relationships, maybe with your family or with your girlfriend? Mm. So in in my family, I would say patience. You know, I think I was reading a book recently, and it talks about your character is revealed to those most intimate relationships where you know that these people want to abandon you. Um, so with me and my family, and the, the very the small, intricate details about my character flaws and and maybe I have these expectations how I want to be loved. So sometimes when I feel like I've been disrespected by my family, I would have to be more patient to to bestow love. Like if you know if um if I'm hurt, how am I going to respond? Am I going to be angry? You know, am I going to uh, be bitter? You know, am I going to be resentful? Uh, you know, uh, you know how how do I um, look at them? How do I speak to them? And then in my relationship with my girlfriend, of course, to be pure. You know, one scripture that I think about is dating is not in the Bible, but does talk about wife and, and other relationships. And one last scripture I wanted to share. And this this one cut me directly to the heart because it's pretty straightforward. It says, for this is God's will. Your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, so that each of you knows how to control his own body in sanctification. And some translations say, to acquire one's wife and honor, not with lustful desires like the Gentiles who don't know God. First Thessalonians 4, 3-5. So that's God's will, to be pure in relationship with my girlfriend um, and just have a pure heart amongst all my relationships. So that, look, that can look different. Thank you, Ron. You're definitely an inspiration as a, a disciple, uh, growing and serving. I look forward to many great years partnering with you. Is there anything else you'd like to say to the ministry or to uh, the singles ministry specifically? Yes. Okay. So to the singles ministry, to the ministry at large, today's Valentine's Day. I would say that this is a day where people have mixed feelings and emotions. But I do want to say that to love those that you do know, right, your your family, um, your cousin, your friend, you know, if you're single, um, your friends, like whatever, whoever, whoever's out there, um, just really cherish those relationships um, and and make the most of it. Awesome. Thanks for being here today, man. Absolutely. Wasn't that awesome to hear from these guys? Uh, really inspirational, incredible inspiration to hear all those things. I want to close out with a final challenge to all of us. And that is simply this week, make it your goal to Reveal and glorify God by word and by deed. Do one thing, and in your mind, you know this will reveal and glorify God to somebody new and to somebody that you already have a relationship with. We love you guys, Westside. Let's have an awesome week living our higher purpose. You've just listened to the Westside Podcast. 
for more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net. 